What is up, everyone? It is your host, Aaron Canos, once again with the main man, Chris Jerseys. How are you doing, bro? Doing good, brother. How are you doing? Doing good. Had a long day today, so, you know, glad that I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> and, and we bring you another special, special guest. It is our friend, Pablo. How are you doing, bro? I'm doing well, man. First time on the show, and it won't be the last. Yeah, he's definitely going to be back. Don't worry. He's a big AC fan. He's rocking, yes, a, he's rocking a big boy AC Milan throwback a cot jersey. So, had to bring it out. <laughs> he had to bring it out. He had to bring it out. You got a little dust in the shoulder, bro. Oh, do I really? Nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I haven't worn this. I, I preserve these. I have a Ronaldinho one. I have um, El Shadawi even from back in the day. I have like oh, probably awesome. 12 Milan jerseys. Hell yeah. yeah. What's up, man? Yeah, we're a major Milan fan, so we got another Serie A perspective and all that stuff. Speaking of which, let's dive into these games, boys. Ready? Sounds good. Let's go. First game, we're driving into Serie A. We're talking about Verona. Versus Juventus, Juventus and Verona tying 1-1. Ronaldo scoring in the 49th minute, and Barak scoring in the 77th minute for Verona. Um, you know, Juventus looked last, last, lackluster to me, again. Man, like, the, the thing with Juventus, Juventus is no matter what they do wrong, I feel like they did everything wrong this offseason, and even last year they didn't do anything right, they still somehow make it out. They're in third place right now, only three points behind Milan and seven points behind Inter. And Noah and Juve, you can never count them out. Like, Pirlo has not done a great job. I think Chiesa was not the greatest buy for their team needs. And they definitely needed more than Morata up top. And they're still somehow making it out and definitely going to get a Champions League spot. It may even pull out the league again. Hopefully not, but it's a possibility. It's true. Um, the way that I see it, you know, they're, it's gotten to the point in the season where they've, they're consistent enough but not fully there to to you know to win something big outside of Serie A but you know like you just said it looks like they might be you know giving AC Milan and Inter a hard time knowing that they're in that you know obviously not in the in the topper spots in, in Serie A but um but yeah during this game it was okay nothing too crazy um again nothing to Nothing really looked like an attacking threat to me in this match. Yeah. I feel like there's they're missing that creative set, you know, that creative playmaker to, to really, you know, give them those opportunities. And I think that's what Juventus really needs yeah. right now. They really haven't had a good midfielder since Pogba, and it shows. That's why they haven't been able to dominate in Europe. Every single big club in Europe has a, like amazing midfielder, whether it's De Bruyne or even what Coutinho used to be. Juventus has been missing that for years, and they just have not been able to fill that void. And with all the money spent on other spots that probably could have been spent better there, they're still missing that piece to take over Europe. Yeah, to be honest, their midfield throughout this whole season that we've seen, Chris and I have seen, it's been inconsistent. Bentecourt making mistakes in the Champions in the, against Porto in the Champions League, making that big mistake, allowing the first goal to happen. And during this game, I don't think really they had control of this game. Verona... They're a mid-table team. They're 10th place, 9th. I think they're in 9th place right now. But, you know, Juventus, we obviously have the standard for them about being dominant and obviously having a good midfield. I mean, they've had legends play in midfield and all that. And I mean, not too long ago, it was Vidal, Pirlo, and Pogba. Like, what more could you really ask for, especially when Vidal was at his prime? Like, I just feel like Juventus is really missing some pieces to really take over. Like, there's plenty of players in Juventus that would not touch top five European teams. Like, Bentacor would never start on Man City. Probably would get no playing time and other clubs like that. Right. The only one that really comes to mind that I think is a quality player is Artur. Artur. Uh, besides Artur, you know, you got Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a okay player. 
Weston McKinney, yeah, he's American, but he's not an all-star, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, He'd be a good young player, like, I mean, he does, like, do well for Juventus, but right. I think for, like, a little bit of lower of a club, he'd, he'd really stand out. For sure. And I feel like they really need, like, a true solid number 10. Yeah. Someone that, you know, can, can create some plays and even, you know, put some goals in the back of the net. But I think that's what Ronaldo needs, someone yeah. to, to give him the balls, you know? He came from, you know, Cruz, having Cruz, Modric, you know, like, <laughs> two creative masterminds, you know? And yeah. I think that's what Juventus and Ronaldo and Morata even need right now, so. Yeah, I agree on that. To be honest, Chiesa, he played okay in this game, but I do agree that he, I think they could have definitely invested in a better midfield. I mean, they got Rabio this offseason. Um, yeah, I think they got Rabio two years ago. Rabio two, I think they got yeah. him last year or something. A like. couple years ago, I think. A couple years ago. Because he left the issue. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, they have Rabiot, they have Aaron Ramsey, they That's have Benticourt. Like, those three players that, like, don't really fit perfectly, you know, Rabiot, Ramsey, and then a couple others, Kadira was there for a while, and, like, they're formidable, <laughs> they've done, like, okay, but when you're spending all those huge money on wages, you might as well go buy a player that's going to fit your system better. And, like, Kiesa, I, I really like Kiesa, I hope he does well for the national team's sake, but at the end of the day, spending 16, nearly $70 million on him, when you have much bigger holes to fill than wing, and he doesn't really fit well in that lineup to begin with, it just didn't really make much sense to me this offseason. Yeah, I agree on that. And, you know, it just showed in this game because, you know, time one under Verona, that's unacceptable for them. And they're exactly. contending for the top to for the top spot in Serie A. So, yeah. and, you know, it's not going to cut it for them. Yeah. And we obviously expect greater things from them. And we'll see how they're going to play in the Champions League. And, you know, we obviously have to... Um, Club Italia final against Atalanta so it's going to be major for how they're going to play going forward going on to the next game which is the league leaders Inter Milan versus Genoa Inter Milan winning 3-0 absolutely looking dominant in this game what do you think about you know how do you think we all see how Inter plays definitely mm -hmm. Lukaku literally the two goals that, that they scored was off Lukaku getting the ball and just driving at the defense so how do you think teams are able to to adjust how are they going to adjust to knowing that Lukaku is the main source for them um I think what teams have to well I think what benefits Inter is you know just sitting back and you know getting on the counter and you know Lukaku also was involved in all three goals he you know he scored the first one uh what happened to the second one did he assist the second one he assisted the second one because he drove oh, he to, yeah to Darmian that's yeah. right and the third one he took a shot that the goalkeeper saved and then Alexis Sanchez was there to you know just to head it I think as long as Lukaku's healthy, yeah. not many teams in Serie A stand a chance, no matter He's what you form, do. He's in form. There's not really much you can do against a monster like yeah. that. Big dude, powerful, has a shot on him. Right. Now his dribbling and like first touch can be questionable at times, but even even then, if he's on, it's nearly impossible to stop right. him. If anything, you know, I think the only thing you can really do is say if Lukaku gets the ball, do everything in your power to not let him turn. Because exactly. that's when he that's when he, you know, he drives at you and, and he's not afraid to take that space. You know, yeah. even if he say he doesn't get it right a couple of times, he's still gonna consistently try doing it. And he's gonna awesome try pressure. to yeah, and he's gonna try to find Lautaro Martinez who they have that great connection, you know. So if 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 I was a defender playing Inter Milan midweek or at the weekend, I would, you know, be saying my prayers yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, you're fast enough, you just got to keep the pressure on, on Lukaku, but not most defenders can keep up with them to the pressure him that much. So it just depends on the team plan. You know, Conte, everybody knows what he does, but it's so unorthodox that it's kind of hard to defend against. But, like, Inter's really turned it around. I'd say the opposite of Milan, who really had it all figured out and kind of gone down. Inter had so many questionables to not paying their players, to Conte even being the coach, and maybe even quitting midseason. 
to now being top of the league, and it's not looking like anyone's going to catch up. So efficient win. It's what they need, and they did it well. Yeah. And I think one of the things that helps that Inter Milan as well, you know, you know, when you're thinking about the teams that are fighting for, for the Serie A, you got Juventus, who's still in Champions League, AC Milan, still in Europa League. Yeah. So Inter literally just has to focus on this exactly. throughout, throughout, you know, for the rest of the year. Um, so I think that does give them an advantage to a certain extent. And, you know, if they let this slip, that's that would be crucial, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. and is like, is Conte going to have a job, you know, just yeah. trying to find answers. And Ever how to since he's been hired, he's been on the hotspot. And, you know. They've spent an insane amount of money on that team. Even the wages, all the free players they got, they've had to spend an insane amount of like money on wages. It's not England, you know. You can't get away with doing stuff like that without results. So it makes sense, but it seems to be every everything's going well for them right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree on that. I mean, we saw similar to how <clears throat> my bad. we saw how that you know Lukaku was going to play against AC. Yeah. You know how literally again the third, the third goal when Lukaku took on Romagnoli. I love Romagnoli, but Lukaku slaughters him every time. Like, yeah. <laughs> they should, there was no reason for Tomori not to play, especially the way he's been playing. Yeah. You don't sit him when he's in good form, and Romagnoli, as much as I love him and he's been a great captain, he's had a history of not doing well against Lukaku. Yeah, literally, like, remember the third goal in the yeah. Milan derby last week? Literally took him on the left and literally gave him so yeah. much space. And you know Lukaku... He's fast as hell. He's not gonna, you know, not gonna. He's obviously gonna take that space and got that shot off. And Don Roma can do anything. The problem with Romagnoli just being inconsistent against big teams. I remember even when we came back four two against Juve, which was an amazing win and I think really like turned like Milan, like a turning point for Milan in general. Romagnoli let two easy goals in the first half that should have easily been saved. Like, just he disappears against big teams, and that needs to be improving and to stay the captain or even the starter. Now that we do have a good alternative. Right. Yeah, I agree on that. Speaking of AC Milan, they have faced Roma this week. Did beat him two one. Uh, Rebic going one. Rebic played fantastic oh, this yeah. week. Yeah, it was nice seeing Rebic definitely come back around because after last year, you know, he didn't play amazing, but he would somehow get a goal in almost every game. So there's not really much arguing against that. And we finally didn't make the official purchase, and you just would think that that spot's locked down. But it's just been a very inconsistent year from him, and we just don't know what to expect. You know, a goal here, goal there. And he's not bad enough to where I feel like he needs a replacement, but it was definitely like fresh, uh, fresh new start for him. And hopefully that form stays. We need it. Yeah, he was very involved this game, and he scored. You know, he had the second goal. That was a lovely turn too. Yeah. Um, I think it was Paul Lopez. You know, the Roma's goalkeeper tried playing it out the back or mm-hmm. tried doing something, gave it away. Um, I forget who intercepts it, but you know, a couple touches between a couple players. Play Rebic turns, fires at far right. post. Too. It was, it was beautiful. Perfect, yeah. 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 I want to see nothing that Lopez could do. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, Roma. You know, they didn't really play as well as I thought they were going to play this game. Yeah, yeah. Even though they played well in uh, Europa League against Praga, yeah. um, they didn't really show up. And, you know, uh, uh, Pablo was, was saying this earlier that Roma doesn't really show up in these big games. And I think it's true that yeah. Roma doesn't show up in these big games. And, you know, I want to sort of expand on that and, you know, what's your thoughts Out on Out of that? every, like, quote-unquote big team in Italy, it was Napoli, Lazio, Roma, Inter, Juve. When we face Roma, I'm not worried. Compared to every other team, like when we faced Lazio before the year ended, we got that last-minute goal to win, and it really just felt like we were going to take over for the new start of the year. I just don't feel that same way with Roma. I just feel like it should be a win, just like any other mid-table team. I don't see them as the same team ever since Totti has left, and they just have a young squad with like players that I feel like would even start on our team. No, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, like you were saying, you know, it's not a team that had Totti, you know, Pjanic, you know, yeah. players of that. 
of that you know that caliber. And it's not like they're facing like Atalanta, you know, like Atalanta's like one of those teams that will you know somehow get it out. Yeah, can always get it out. I like, look at them, you know, they they they're playing against Madrid and. In, in, in Champions League and unfortunately due to some some in my opinion BS calls you know ruined the game but but yeah like like a Napoli like a like Atalanta that not always on their game but you know when they're facing your team you're like oh shoot you know yeah. definitely look out so yeah I agree on that to be honest AC had clinical chances this game and I thought they should have scored more I thought Ibra should have played you know better he had easy finishes that he usually finishes but didn't finish yeah and you know the tap the back heel that he had <laughs> i didn't know what he was doing i thought just turn around and shoot yeah. like yeah, yeah you, yes the keeper's right there but you know just get your shot off yeah, you, you didn't have to crazy. Was for, for him scoring so many goals 14 goals in 14 games for a man that's what 37 38 i think it's like 39 he's, yeah he, yeah he might be 39 at this point nearly <laughs> 40 me and my uh, dad always joke it's sorry it's our grandpa out there playing <laughs> but uh even then so many goals left on the table probably like four or five missed penalties like easily four or five like easy open goals right. he could have 20 plus goals in 14 games at the moment and it's still impressive that like there's still goals left on the table at his age but just going back to this milan's season as a whole i feel like at the start of the season up until the winter break we couldn't do no wrong everything was going great that game against Lazio going back to that was the perfect ending for the year now with the turning point in the new year it just seems like not much can go right it feels like every other game we're losing we're getting a pretty bad tie like we tied against uh, our Europa League matchup and now we have to play Manchester United lost the derby they're really going to take a lot for Pioli to turn this around and show that he's a coach there to stay and wasn't just a yearly gimmick right right now yeah true and it's you know it's and you, and you do see that a lot um not necessarily in, in Serie A, but in other leagues, you know, teams that, that often, you know, have a great first half of the season, something happens during the winter break yeah. that, you know, things start going bad and teams that are, you know, like fighting, you know, in second, third or fourth place, they start picking it up and, and start making things more interesting. Exactly. And, you know, it's just one of those things that unfortunately just happens <laughs> yeah. to yeah. some teams. Literally, it happens. Like, prime example, Leicester City last year. They were third. They were second or third? They were second or third in the league. Yeah. And then as soon as they came back, they went all the way down to fifth. Yeah. And I was, you know, team that happens all the time in Europe. But, you know, it was an impressive win by AC. Um, hopefully they keep it up. Obviously, I'm Man United in the Europa League. So <laughs> it's going to be so, a fun matchup. It's going to be yeah. a, it's going to be a, I'm going to watch the game because. Oh, you have I don't to. think yeah. they've ever beat us in a European competition. Yeah, I don't think, I'm pretty they've sure never AC. Beat us. Dude, what I remember vividly was Kaká oh, just Kaka's destroying going. them yeah. at Old Trafford. <laughs> when when Hainsen jumps in, no, when Evra jumps in and, and, yeah. and knocks down Hainsen, Kaká just goes in for that easy little tap-in. Some elite defenders, too. It wasn't nobody, so it was yeah. crazy. That yeah. was an amazing year, for sure. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I honestly am a little skeptical about us playing Manchester United. They've had a lot of experience in Europa League. I know they probably would rather be in the Champions League, but it's a tie we have right now. Hopefully, Piola can turn things around. If not, I still think we have a top four lock. But if we have another two, three weeks of playing like this, we can say goodbye to the Scudetto. Yeah, just can't let it slip. Yeah, we can't slip. let it slip. You gotta, you gotta hunch down and and work. You know, as a team, work every day in training to get to you know to make sure that that you get the results you need and, and stay in the top four flight. If you can't win Serie A, you yeah. know, yeah, which isn't a bad thing. We haven't been in the Champions League since I was fourteen years old back in two thousand fourteen. It's been a long time. So yeah. even just getting that top four spot that we wanted to get for four or five years, I think it's ironic that we'll probably get it in the year that we thought we'd win the championship. But I think most Milan fans would agree we'd be more than okay seeing our team back in the Champions League. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, hey, let's see how 
AC plays this it, this whole Serie A is getting interesting. It's getting tight. Forward. What do we replace Ebra with? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Getting, yeah. It's going to be interesting how they're going to replace Ebra and you know all that. But I'm interested. Serie A is insane. Let's talk. <laughs> let's switch it up. Talk about the Premier League. Manchester City beating West Ham two one. Um, West Ham having a hell of a season too. Yeah, West Ham third or fourth. They're in fourth. Fourth. Yeah, what is David Moyes doing over there, bro? Bro, I don't know what he's doing. He's drinking that Kool Aid, man. What he has to do, man. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, West Ham, in my opinion, West Ham played really good this game, and they had chances. They had chances. Antonio hit off the post. Yeah. Um, the last minute header in the ninety third minute when it went, I thought Diop was gonna head that in the corner. Oh, Diop almost had that. Yeah. Yeah, in the corner. I thought. West Ham played really well against Man City. And Man City, yes, you can say they're fatigued because of the Champions League and all this, but, you know, Man City is just Man City. We've been saying this this entire podcast. Man City is Man City. Manchester City is 15 points ahead. I'm sure they're not too worried about the league at this moment. I know Pep Guardiola has been there for years and spent about, what, a billion dollars at this point? And there's no exaggeration there. I wouldn't be surprised. And um, (laughs) still hasn't answered on the Champions League. So the big question with Manchester City has never been the league. If they can take it to the next level, exactly, and that's what and that's what he keeps building on, you know, um, just making it to the Champions League. He hasn't won a Champions League since what 2011 with yeah, Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, so his time's coming. I think I don't want to speak too far ahead, but I think if there's a year that he can do it, it'll be this year. Yeah. And the fact that he keeps, you know, getting a gap, you know, from the other teams that are in the prem, I think. You know that's a huge advantage for 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 himself and City. Yeah. City's uh, used to not playing with fans, so it should be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, jeez, that's cold. That's but yeah, cold. I mean, but yeah, something crazy about this game too is that it wasn't that anyone, none of the attacking players won the game for in this game. It was their center halves. Yeah, center backs. Both uh, John Stones and Ruben Diaz. You know, both. Uh, uh, both scored the goal, and your boy Jesse Lingard almost had a goal, but he had the assist for Antonio. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Jesse Lingardinho. How about Lingard's second half of the season, boy? He's, Yo, he's, he's killing, he's killing this. Yeah. I'm happy for him because, like, him just being a meme, you know, it's all yeah. funny. We always make jokes, like, about, you know, players like Bender just in general. But that's somebody's life. So for him to turn around and face all that adversity, 100%. I think it's really cool. And I'm, I'm happy for him, and I hope he keeps it up. Keeps killing it and keeps celebrating. Yeah, to be honest, West, yeah, West Ham, I think they're going to stay in the top four. I think West Ham can contend with these big clubs because they give Man City a run for their money. And, you know, they, you know if they give the best team in Europe yeah. a run for their money, they can, you know, United, Leicester, Chelsea, Liverpool, they'd be worried about West Ham because West Ham's on the – you know they play different from every other team right you know they don't play that possession base yeah. that every traditional big club plays but right. i think they play a way that complements all the players that they have yeah. in the yeah. lineup and that's what you got to do and that's what you know david Moyes is good at good at doing you know he's he's not afraid to play his strengths you know he's not going to be like oh i'm in the top four i'm gonna play you know keep away yeah. it's not going to happen you don't have the personnel to do it exactly so sometimes yeah. you got to switch it up and luckily for them it's been working this season yeah. so when you're one of the lower teams you got to make a run you can't you know play your opponent's ball because they're always going to have you know a player more skillful than your players and deeper pockets same thing we saw when leicester won the league they weren't playing any crazy style it was literally felt like elementary school soccer where you right. kick it up to the fastest player and they score they had mars they had Vardy having an insane series, season, and that's how it worked for them. And it just feels very similar to West Ham, even though I think West Ham has a little more staying power if they keep it up. Yeah. Agree on that. I agree on that. Well, that was probably one of the biggest games that happened again. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. After that, Leicester versus Arsenal. Uh-oh. Arsenal with the big boy 
upset Uh-oh. that I wasn't yeah. expecting, beating Leicester three to one. Leicester, I don't know what's going on with them. They they're too inconsistent. You know, they lost to Red Star yeah, in down. Europa League, 2-0. And then you lose to Arsenal, 3-1. to Like, what? Are you, like, are you serious? Yes, they nice. scored the first... Tielemans had a nice goal, but um, after they, like, Arsenal scored the first goal, it went all downhill from there. Right. Yeah. This is a game that, you know, you know, Arteza didn't start Aubameyang nor Saka. You know, you had Willian playing out there on the pitch. Uh, Nicola Pe- uh, Pepe had, a, had an impressive game as well, you know. Uh... Which is crazy. I really liked him a little. Oh, Pepe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Great seeing play. him like struggle last year, I was hoping he'd turn around this year. I haven't been able to catch too many Arsenal games, but hope that's been the case. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> many people are really tuning into Arsenal anymore. Yeah, it's probably just my brother and a few. <laughs> my brother, my boy Ace, that's about it. It just seems like it's just every year it gets worse and worse somehow, you know? Yeah. Like, for one of the quote-unquote big clubs, I don't think many people outside of Arsenal fans believe so, but right really have not been able to bring it back to even how they were like four or five years ago i agree and i think the biggest you know the biggest objective right now is winning europa league because i think there's seven points away from from fifth something like that is what i saw yeah and uh yeah if they win europa league you know it's 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 gonna be a stretch but you know if they win europa league that means that they're automatically in champions league then you can kind of put this season behind you and be like all right we're in champions league this year let's you know let's tidy things up and and continue to uh you know, to keep moving forward, but but yeah, overall, a strong performance by Arsenal. Uh, yeah, I think we all can say we were surprised by them being. I think it's just crazy, lesser. you know. I twenty twenty, looking back on Arsenal, like the biggest criticism was them was Arsene Wenger just being in fourth place every year. It was a, like the big joke that they could never, you know, do right. better than that. And if you look back and look at the teams he was doing that with, oh yeah, it was crazy impressive. You know, still having the books balanced, and now you look like at Arsenal now after they replaced him to do better. And they're even they're in an even worse spot, you know. It's just ironic to me how, at the time, we all saw like kind of Wenger is not this great coach, and right. Arsenal is a joke, and now it's even worse. <laughs> yeah, never doubt Arson, man. The man was a genius. <laughs> he, was a ge- he was he was revolutionary. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, hell, he coached the Invincibles. Yeah, so <laughs> he coached the Invincibles team. So it seems like the one thing that Arsenal fans cling on to. It's like you know, same with Milan. I see once a week on the fan pages. The 2005-2007 lineups, and I'm like, when are we going to let this go? Like, when are we going to move on? You know what right. I mean? Who are you telling, bro? That's, that's what Barca's turning into. We're holding on to MSN, and MSN broke up years ago, you Yeah. Know? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it wasn't that long ago, and that might be, like, the greatest attack ever. Right. Like, MSN was really something we might not ever witness again, you know, anything close to that. Right. But for me, after Ronaldo leaving, you know, not to change topics here, but after Ronaldo leaving La Liga, you really think Barca would just take over and not really have any rivalry or nothing but it just seems that Barca regardless of the rivals seem to be imploding from the inside yeah yeah, yeah. we'll get to that we'll get to that we'll get to that a little bit later on we'll talk about the league games yeah. but yeah no, it was a good performance by Arsenal you know they're in 10th place still so yeah interested to see how this turns out and the first prediction that first was prediction. right on this <laughs> podcast that I guess that's right the host Aaron Cannon's got right Whatever. was Man United versus Chelsea 0-0 zero, zero tie come on boys did you call it tie or did you call 0-0 zero, zero? I called 0-0 zero, zero, tie I called 0-0 zero, zero. Zero. hop on FanDuel because <laughs> <laughs> that would have been some big money right there this man jinxed the game that's probably the, boring, the most boring game of the Premier this year I, I know anybody would have thought an attack you know with Timo Werner and all them on Chelsea and even on Man United having a pretty impressive attack I think 0-0 zero, zero. 
especially in the Premier League where no mean to offend anybody, I don't think the defense is very special whatsoever. Right. It's pretty lackluster to me. Big game like that, any 0 0. Big surprise for everybody, except I guess Aaron. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, hey, hey. I was just going on the wing. I was like, hey, zero zero. I was like, I just had a feeling. I just had a feeling. But not gonna lie, I was very disappointed from United's attack. I was Chelsea had the better chances of the game. Chelsea was yeah. the better team in this game. But I want to talk about Bruno Fernandez and his performances in the top against top six clubs because he has not scored a single goal against a top six club. Non-existent. So. What do you think is Bruno Fernandez? Like, why is he performing well against these big clubs, but yet against the, like non-top six clubs like Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, he's absolutely killing the league. He sets the league on fire. I just don't think Man United is that good enough, yeah. to be honest with you. You know, and in this case, I kind of compare it to Roma in Serie A. Like they they win those, you know, they get they get big points against lower half teams or mid table teams, you know. Yeah. Um, Maynard gets you know lucky here and there, but Bruno Fernandez is. I think he does better with weaker uh, you know back lines or you know weaker midfield oppositions. Um, that's yeah. what I think. But working with a bunch of kids, you yeah. know, like he doesn't have an elite number nine. He's at the end of the day, he's an attacking midfielder, and it's not two thousand eight where attacking midfielders are scoring a loads of goals anymore. Right. He has Greenwood, James McTom- uh, McTominay. Which are all, I think, pretty good talents, but at the end of the day, they're still kids. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he, he needs some more elite help, in my opinion, before he can really show his true potential. Because as a midfielder, you're a playmaker. And I think that's the issue, too. Because, I mean, not just with Bruno Fernandez, but with Marcus Rashford. Like, it's not just Fernandez, you know, not showing up. It's Marcus Rashford, you know, Anthony Martial. Like, those are players that, you know, even if they played or didn't play this game, you know, in, in big games, they don't they don't just don't show out, you know? And it might have been different if Cavani was fit and, you know, not on the injury list. You know, it could have been a different game. Who knows? But, but, uh, but yeah, just one of those things. How I think he just needs to be a bit more clinical. But, again, like you said, you know, he's playing with kids. He's not, yeah. doesn't have, a, like you said, a, 0, a 08, 09 attack and force like Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney. You know, yeah. it's, not, it's not the same. And I think that's the issue with Man United is that they, they think they have this powerhouse attack and force when they only do it against, you know, the lower end teams but I think Manchester United is doing a good job of turning around from I think four or five years back just getting any big name they could from Falcao to you know whatever random player they, they could get to sell tickets versus now building a team with right. a lot of names that when I first read them I'm like who's this again but it still builds a better base yeah. so when they do bring out the checkbook it's someone that's going to fill a gap right. And so just bringing in a big name and hoping they can play together yeah it wasn't like filling in temporary gaps this is like it's like a long term project yeah. that they're trying to do you know and yeah, we'll see how it goes with that. Yeah, I agree. To be honest, I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, Chelsea. It was the midfield play was good between both teams. It was just the attacking third. Yeah. As soon as they got in the box, as soon as you get around the 18, no team can finish. Yeah. None of the teams can finish. I think that's what happens with. I mean, Chelsea. Obviously, Olivier Giroud. He actually played very well. Um, they were just gotten lucky with a couple headers and all that. It's not yeah. the craziest number nine matchup. It was Euro versus uh, Greenwood. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that crazy of a matchup, but yeah, but no, um, it was just like a game of um, just the attack. It's not you know matching up well. Right. I think given yeah. to where like both teams were at the table, we were expecting a lot more. 
But actually looking at the lineup and the personnel, you know, the players that played in that game, it was like, oh, okay. I mean, hell, freaking Ole Gunnar Solskjaer started freaking Daniel James. Yeah. Daniel James. Given that he's been playing okay recently in Europa and stuff like that, but, you know. Come on, against Chelsea, going to start Daniel James. Daniel James. I would have started freaking, um, who would I have started? Um... Who does Chelsea have on the bench? Who, who may not have it? May have may not have on the bench. Martial came off the bench. I would start Martial over freaking Daniel Martial, James. I think we gave him a son on Martial. At least Martial, <laughs> at least Daniel James when he's on the pitch looks like he wants, looks like he wants to be there. That is true. Martial. Or at least I would have put a Greenwood at least on right mid. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, then you could have messed around with the front line a bit. Yeah. Yeah, because we, I, my personal opinion, Mason Greenwood is a better winger than oh, he's sure. center forward. Yeah, all day. Because he's a number nine, but yeah. Yeah, he and that's the issue with Cavani being hurt. But I mean, if Cavani's not there, who do you rely on? You rely on Rashford, Martial, players that one one day have a great game, the next day they don't. They're just exactly. super inconsistent, and you know that's that's the issue with with them. Um, and the same thing with Chelsea. You know, everything looks great from the back, even from the goalkeeper up to the midfield, and then when it comes to the final third. It's rough, and even 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 Timo Werner knows it. You know, he he came out saying, you know, if if I'd score at least you know four or five more goals, then maybe <laughs> yeah. Frank Lampard would still be our coach. So, so, so we got to give Werner another season. You know, yeah, hundred percent. He from what I saw at Leipzig, he seemed to be a very elite striker, but it takes some time to adjust when you go to a different country. It just all depends. We'll give him yeah. some more time, but poor Chelsea has been cursed with yeah. their nines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be honest, I'm kind of shocked. The player that we haven't been talking about is like a Christian Pulisic or Kai Havertz. Yeah. They have been absent yeah. this entire time. I know Pulisic came on in the second half yeah, yeah. for um, Giroud, but you have not heard anything from Kai Havertz. You yeah. haven't heard a thing from It's been Pulisic. a while since I heard anything about Pulisic, for sure. If you On paper, you think about it, you have Zayas, Pulisic, Timo Werner, Havertz. You have all those players. You just think they would run the league. On top of that, they already had a pretty solid foundation. But, yeah. you know, they did have a coach that wasn't really a coach if we're being honest right and then now they finally do have their coach I think Tuchel's a really good um, trainer and we'll see what he does but I think they need some time to mesh yeah, and you next see season difference. I think we're going to see a different team yeah 100 I think yeah. uh, I think the nice thing about Tuchel coming in midway through the season you know he came into it thinking okay I just inherited this team these aren't my players if I have a crappy end of the season then that's not my fault, you know? Yeah. And then in the summer, I can, you know, finally have the players that I want. Exactly. But he's gone in there this season or half of the season and done a good job with them, you know? Yeah. Obviously, they have some some issues putting goals away, but it's, in terms of how they play, it's a lot more, it's improved a lot. It's a lot more, they have a lot more urgency, a lot more creativity than what they did at Frank Lampard's last few games. Um, and yeah, even Ziyech, you know, played this game. He almost scored. He almost <laughs> scored. De Gea had that, that wonderful, wonderful save. Uh, in the second half, I think it was, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, but yeah, just super unfortunate this game ended this way. Yeah, um, but that's yeah, good news for me because I got it right. <laughs> First one. You're gonna get the rest wrong. I hope not. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Another talking point that happened in the prem: Gareth Bale. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think about Gareth Bale coming up with two goals and an assist versus Burn. I mean, yes, it was versus Burnley, but still impressive. I honestly, I love it because. You know, obviously, as a Barca fan, when he went to Madrid, I was so upset. Especially that first season. He really yeah. showed out, you know. After right. that, it was here and there, but that first season was Exactly. Insane. And what he did at Tottenham, you know, it's funny. My brother's an Arsenal fan, but I support. I kind of go for Tottenham just because I like going, you know, you know, going against my brother's rival. Contrarian. 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah, he was uh, he did great. You know, that's where he really made a name for himself. And I think it was the the last few games that he played at Tottenham, he was really scoring some bangers. You know, and and being a lot more of a of an important piece to that Tottenham team. And you know, obviously he did that in Madrid. And seeing him back, you know, it kind of it was pretty bad. I'm sure it was for for Tottenham fans too. Seeing him on the bench at yeah. Madrid and there's all, all this talk about him just wanting to golf and not really caring you know it's a big problem with the contracts too I mean he would have easily been exactly. sold or given up if it wasn't for the fact that he's making an insane amount of money and nobody right. wants to eat that up and there's many players like that like that's why yeah. Arsenal also couldn't get couldn't get rid of Mezzodoza for the longest time yeah. but uh, but yeah seeing him you know he was involved in this game he's had two goals one assist uh, played great that second finish that he had man oh beautiful you know he took one touch to get out of his feet and he just curled it home yeah. and you know that's like that's literally vintage Bale right there and there was one play in the first half when when he uh, he had a nice little Lincoln play with I believe it was uh, Son and I think he tried passing one back um, or you know passing one back towards, towards the top of the key for I think it was Harry Kane but there was he was literally on you know Tottenham's half got by someone with ease did like a 30 yard dribble had a nice little Lincoln play but I'm hoping because you know if in the Europa League he's been playing great so I'm yeah. hoping he's turning it around and, and you know he's, he's starting to get up there in age so hopefully he's like alright let me enjoy yeah. these last Not few much years time love, especially for an athletic player like him yeah you know I just think a big thing with English players in general unless you're an international superstar like Beckham they really don't do well overseas you know England's kind of like the United States in the fact where Americans are comfortable in their country. It's the same thing with English players. They don't do very well when they go to France, when they go to Spain. Right. As you know, it's usually not the case. So I think the same thing happened with Gareth Bale. They said he's been there, what, how long was he at Real Madrid? I think six, like seven six. years or eight years maybe. Yeah. And he had, no, no, I think it was like seven, seven or eight years. And he had, he, he couldn't speak Spanish. Couldn't speak Spanish, exactly. That's what he was going to say. You know, he wasn't, he's not that old of a dude, you know, you're still pretty young. Right. But, you know, that just, I think that says it all in itself. Oh, yeah. yeah you know what I mean? It's crazy. Probably felt like an outcast. You could tell even on the field that Ronaldo and him weren't friends. You right. know, it was just constant um, annoyance on Ronaldo's side from what it seemed like. Frustration probably from Bale not fitting in. Yeah. I think it's nice for him to finally be able to just go home. You know, it seemed like he lost interest in football just in general. Right, and you even saw that in like the the celebrations he had. He was you know having a good time with with Son and Lucas, yeah. you know, throwing up the W <laughs> and the for Wales and the K mm -hmm. and human someone throwing up the K for Korea mm -hmm. and then Lucas threw up the L for Lucas which is, <laughs> which is funny but you know it, it's good to see him back uh, back to where he belongs in my exactly. opinion and uh, enjoying football once again hopefully he can continue this run and you know can stay f in form and doesn't get injured or anything like that but I just want to say I know that Gareth Bale is from Wales but Wales, England, Scotland, you know, all Great Britain. UK. <laughs> they're, they're, all, they're all in the same vicinity. <laughs> same, same, same place. Same, essentially. It's cold and cloudy. We're going to piss off some people from Ireland and Scotland, but it's okay. Yeah. They'll be all right. <laughs> they'll, they'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Sorry, sorry for the Wales listeners and the English listeners. We're sorry about that. Yeah, we know that that's... From Wales. Yeah. <laughs> we know we have uh, a great fan base in both of those countries. Yes, yes we do. All right. <laughs> Gotta love it. Well, now we're going to switch it up one last time, talk about La Liga games. And the first game we're talking about, we know what it is. It's Sevilla versus Barcelona, because <laughs> Barca boys for life. Yeah, buddy. Barcelona winning 2-0, uh, Dembele scoring one, and Messi scoring the other. Mm -hmm. um, Barcelona looked fantastic. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was scared going into this game. Me and too. I'm glad that, you know, Coleman actually made adjustments, changed the formation. I think the key was he changed the formation and have Dembele play as a striker right. than a winger. Because I think that allowed him to use his... Well, we obviously know Usman Dembele 
he has pace for days. Exactly. And it allowed so exactly. So it allowed him to get in behind the Sevilla defense right. and essentially just break down. Their, as soon as you broke a layer, you know you were allowed to you know get in behind and you know it just pretty much allowed Messi to play sort of as a center forward. Like he usually does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, and that's uh, and it was finally good to see Coleman make a change and it actually worked. You know, because <laughs> in the beginning of the season he was trying out so many things and it just wasn't you know going his way and that's how they ended up in 12th place early in the season you know and to see them turn it around especially after the new year yeah. um going into this game like you said you know i was kind of afraid i was like oh gosh here we go we, we're, we're trying to you know gain points back because rummaged and not go are starting to get away from us even further but uh but yeah barca looks strong um i love the the three back line um the back three and then you had what i what i truly enjoyed was busquets sitting right in front of them he was really able to anticipate a lot of uh, Sevilla's passes and break down play and be able to, to literally distribute the ball, which is what he does best. So doing that and, like you said, you know, uh, having Debele up front because that's what created gaps most because he kept trying to, to, to get in behind them and that, you know, forced the center backs to, to step off a bit, allow Messi to create, you know, get so much space. And that's what happened in the first goal. You know, Messi had so much space. Dembélé was making a run through. Kunde and I, f- I, f- I always forget the other center back's name, but um, you know they're they're both thinking, oh, oh my gosh, Dembélé's got you know he's got so much pace on us. Where's he going? Great ball from Messi, puts it away. So loved, really loved this game. It was a important step going into Copa del Rey. Yeah, it's nice to see any type of efficiency from Barca. So many mistakes being made, and. You know, it wasn't for Messi, the team would be a complete utter mess. But okay. it's nice to see them putting it together. My biggest takeaway from Barca lately is just how well Griezmann's been doing. Griezmann was probably my favorite player when he was at Atletico Madrid. And then seeing him come to Barca and just be played, like, completely outside of his role. And just like many other Barca players, go, being played to waste, you know, not being used for their full potential. But it's nice to see them put it together. We'll see if they keep making smart transfers or actually just start to make smart transfers after this year and even get a couple sales off. But I think, obviously, top four this year. See if they can regroup. Yeah. And uh, try to go for everything again next year if Messi's still there. Yeah, yeah so we can only hope he's <laughs> still there. Let's just, uh, we're, we're literally praying. Just looking there. back, you know, the Barca yeah. transfers, none of them made any sense. You know, Dembele, I think, honestly, was a good buy. I right. just don't think it panned out the way they wanted to. Nobody could see him being hurt every other day. Right. Coutinho made no sense. When you have when you play with a false nine, just tactically, you don't buy a number 10. A number 10 and a false nine can't play together on the right. same field. So you can't just go by and attack in mid and play him at wing and wonder why he's not getting results. Just so many, and then same with Griezmann, who also played the same role as Messi. 100%. Another false nine role, and then you try to play him as a pure winger. Like, too many purchases gone to waste. We'll see if they can turn that around. Get a real number nine for Messi. It's what he obviously needs and does best with. We'll see how it we'll see, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, they got a big game coming up this week, so yeah. they got a couple big games how about, coming. How about Messi's goal, though? Messi's, yo, that was kind of some cheesy, though. That was, <laughs> he freaking jammed that in very hard. He hit the keeper, yeah, <laughs> right, right. the keeper, hit him, got it back, went around him. But no, nah, the movie, the uh, croquette that he did against uh, Fernando. That Fernando, was, yeah. He freaking, yeah. he. I love the little one-two you had with the X. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Yo, and Komen also putting in young players yeah, in the I've lineup. Seen it, I love that because you know that's the foundation of Barca, La Masia. You know, and that's where, like you were saying, you know, a lot of the, the we're in a crisis financially. Yeah, and everyone knows it. They've got over a billion dollars in debt. Like, and that you know goes a lot to not just COVID, but obviously that paid a big factor. But just wasteful transfers. You know, there's been, I, I 
could probably tell you on one hand what chances have been great transfers within the last five years. Yeah. So, you know. Is Neymar the last great transfer for Barca, like, honestly? Uh, um, Titi hasn't my, panned out. Um, Titi was only good for one year, in my opinion. So, I'd say for how much they bought yeah. him, a failed transfer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. reason, I'd say now it's starting to work out. We'll see. I'd say 50-50 for Griezmann. We yeah. don't know yet. Yeah, failed transfer. I'd say Off, Dembele, yeah. you could say failed transfer. Who else did they buy? a lot of money uh-huh. but the issue with Barca was yeah I would say Neymar was the last great transfer yeah. because after that everything has been to fill in that that gap or that void that Neymar left you yeah. know I think it was a staying away from the academy and going into a buy now mode and 100%. just buying players just to buy and use the money another thing going over had to real to keep Messi happy is honestly hurt the team yeah you know a lot of core of the Messi squad players like PK Busquets not saying them personally but a couple players you know like that probably should have been moved on from, you know? And that's never going to change as long as Messi's still there. And also, asking for a raise every single year you're at, you're at Barca, like, I think Messi is a little bit to blame for this financial crisis as well. Maybe a little <laughs> The amount bit. of money he makes is insane at this yeah, point. I, I agree that the amount of money is insane, <laughs> but, I mean, if anyone deserves to get paid that much money, it's him. Yeah, I agree. Know? But they're paying him nearly, what's almost $100 million a year right. when you yeah. include taxes and 100%. Everything. And, th- and, and that is, that could be... An issue as well, but at the same time, you got players that are just taking up huge amounts of wages. You know, like Luis Suarez was. That's why they literally got rid of him for nothing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought players. he was looking washed up his last couple of years at Barca. Yeah, and he's gone to Atletico and turned it around completely. He th- shocked me. All right, I think he. I think what incentivized them, as I saw, I read something saying that. Um, I think it was Barcelona. Barcelona. I don't know if it was officials or one of Kuman. They were like, you're looking, you know. Like you're pretty fat. Basically saying that you're yeah. fat, like you're washed up, like get out of here. And maybe that's just the motivation you needed. Yeah. And then we go into another contender, La Liga, and you know, a big European team like Atletico, and that's probably what motivated him. To prove his point. Yeah, yeah. I think he's done exactly. exactly. I think another reason why Barcelona has been iffy on transfers is obviously the president, Bartomeu. Oh, of course. Bringing, he just got arrested this week yeah. for um good. Yeah, for good. <laughs> for good. good. The government yeah. was happy when he left. Literally, yeah. when I saw the news that Bartomeu got arrested, I was like, thank the Lord that yeah. this man got arrested. But, yeah, he he played a key role on the big financial right. um, transfer issues that they were having. Obviously, um, in my opinion, a good transfer that um, Barca made was uh, Arojo for two mil. Yeah. I think he's a very good transfer. Well, that was a dog. Bro. He's a dog. And sucks that he got freaking injured, hurt, hurt again. again. Hopefully, can be played for in the Copa del Rey. But he's been a good transfer. But yeah, like you said, Barcelona's not good on the transfer market yeah. like they used to be. And that's the yeah. thing too. It's like I've, what I've realized: is the players that they, they buy, they have a solid year, probably year and a half. Like in my opinion, I Ling, Longley was a great transfer when he first arrived. He was yeah. you know a good left uh, center back. Yeah, because Umtiti was 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 looking pretty rough because he ended up, you know, risking I wouldn't say his health, but risking himself to to play the that World Cup. And ever since then, he's been been got off of force. Yeah. And Longley got purchased, you know, and he's been a great a great or he was a great uh, uh, buy. But I think recently you can you can see his form decline a lot. But hopefully he gets back to it's not it's not over yet. It's not like he's gonna leave for sure or anything. Yeah. But hopefully he gets that confidence back and starts playing playing big games and feels feels like an important piece of that Barca team. And even going away from them just not panning out in general, when you when you spend $100 million on the player and pay them crazy wages and then they play so bad that you can't even sell them. Yeah, that's the issue. That's terrible for your wages. Yeah. And that's just a financial crisis in itself. The fact that they loaned out Coutinho for, like, Coutinho to knock them out of the Champions League. Literally. Literally, you know? 
it's insane, and it's just it just shows the incompetence. A lot of those transfers, it's I just had business. me scratching my head out in general. Yeah. yeah, and even now, you know, they wanted Lautaro Martinez from Inter. Right. And for me, I was like, why? They're asking for a hundred million dollars for a player that you have a better version of in Griezmann. Literally the exact same player, just I think Griezmann's three times the player he is. Right. And you want him because he's. Messi's Argentine friend, right? Like, he's not gonna fit in the squad at all. Yeah, that's what I feel nine. like too. You know, you look at some of the transfers that've been going on around the world. Players, you know, that get purchased for okay, say 30, 40, 50, 60 mil, right? Yeah. I feel like whenever it comes to Barca, whenever they purchase, they don't know, want to buy someone, it's a super inflated price. Yeah. And that's what just keeps, you know, going back to Bartomeu and stuff like that. It's just, just so dumb, man. It's like. There's better players out there, you know. It's it's not just about the big name. We're yeah. not we're not building a Galactico team over there. It was like know? my thinking about PSG. Obviously, PSG are very top heavy. When they were talking about Neymar leaving, I was like, you could take Umtiti, Coutinho, and probably another eighty mil from Barca. Right. You know how much better your team would be overall. You know, you'd have a playmaker in the midfield. That's something PSG does not have to set up. Mbappe now is taking up the goal scoring that Neymar was doing. Right. Exactly. Neymar plays about half a season. You know, always injured too. You know, and then yeah. a nice uh, center back partnering to replace Thiago Silva and to play with um, Marquinhos. I mean, I don't know what else you could have asked for. Yeah. I mean, hey, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. But good game for Barca. Had a little tangent there, but back to La Liga. Um, Atletico Villarreal versus Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid winning two nil. Um, yeah, to be honest, uh, Villarreal looked impressive. Um, tell me y'all's opinion about. We had a before this we were talking about Jao Felix and I want to get y'all's opinions on even though he did score a banger um, this game it was a brilliant goal um, what y'all think about him just in general I think it's about time with Letico just cuts her losses and moves on you know I think Jao Felix could definitely use a fresh start I think the shoes he was asked to fill were way too big you know spending a hundred million dollars on a teenager from Portugal of all places buying from <laughs> Benfica you know it wasn't like he was lighting up the Premier League or the City A. It was lighting up Benfica. It just didn't make much sense to me at the time. I thought at most he was a $40, $50 million player, and that money could have definitely been spent much better elsewhere, and I think most people agreed even at the time. So looking back, it's no surprise for most people. Right. Yeah, like, so just like you were saying, it was, uh, in my opinion, uh, a panic buy, yeah. you know, letting Antoine Griezmann go. Uh, a lot of different clubs have done it in the past. Um, I think he's a good player, but it's just something about this Letico team. Like, we know... Cholo Simeone's style is to sit back and to, and, to, and to defend and to, you know, play play to play the counter, basically. And But I feel like with the personnel that you have right now, there is no need as to why you should be playing defensively. Exactly. Even and, for y'all, feel it's going to let it go. Like, yeah, that would like, be the last place I'd want to go right. to develop my talents, especially 100%. for a dribbling, playmaking player like that. Right. It made no sense. And, you know, it's a shame because you have, you have really good players that, that you know, have have good quality like Carrasco, you know, uh, Thomas Lemar, Saul, Joe Felix, you know, Suarez who's, you know, doesn't have the best touch in the world, but he'll put a <laughs> yeah. put a put in the back of the net for you, you know. I think it's time for them to I don't know if they if Simone needs to change his tactics or they should move away from him, but there's just so much talent on that team and yeah. he can play so much better. Yeah, even against this Villarreal team, they were still playing five back. Yeah. They were playing five back against Villarreal. And I'm like it makes you question, like, what Diego Simeone is thinking in his head about development. Like we said against the Champions League, yeah. when they played Chelsea, we were saying, why is Diego Simeone is hampering these young players' careers and their development into being what they can be? Like, yeah. Jao Felix, he's a good player. I like Jao Felix, but... 
Diego Simeone, like he's mainly just running around pressing people. And oh, yeah. that's not as a striker, as a center yeah. forward, you don't want to be doing it. You want the I ball at your feet a, and you want to be creating something. And at the same time too, you know, you are playing via a team that, you know, isn't isn't a bad team. They're they're playing in Europe right now. I think they're sitting in sixth or something like that in La mm-hmm. Liga. And it's a team that has, you know, players like Parejo, Jar Moreno, Carlos Vaca, Chukwese, like yeah, yeah they're good, good players, players yeah. but it's not like you're playing a team that's Bayern. You know, you're not playing like Bayern <laughs> Munich or a PSG, you know. You have enough talent. You have the people that you can go out there and play that game, yeah. make it an interesting game, and you can have them in the back end, you know, have them try to counter you or something like that. But there's no it's, there's no reason as to why you should be sitting back for, for yeah. the majority of the game, you know, and try to hit them on the counter. You got a couple points with that. Like, I feel like, first off, Yafilis could still run it back, and I think still be a star at another team that would fit his needs better. Right. You know, I think he needs to get the hell out for his own sake, and I think Atletico needs to cut their losses as well. And also, it's not the first of their poor purchases. We always talk about Atletico selling and making all these big profits, but they bought Thomas Lamar for how much? Seventy million? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some. Dude looks like a fifty million dollar player if you ask mm-hmm. me. Like he has never lived up to that price tag, and it's just if they're gonna get all this money off big transfers selling, they're buying this way. I don't see this lasting very long. And also, on to Simeone's point about him sitting back, probably the best coach I wouldn't want to watch. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. amazing coach, but I wouldn't want to watch the Simeone game at all. And I do like Atletico, but at the end right. of the day, I think he prioritizes his job and his performance over developing Joe Felix right. at this point in his career. And it's funny, you know, it was it was it was fun watching Simeone, you know, play with the pack stadium. You see him get the crowd all rowdy yeah. and stuff like that. But seeing him play or seeing him coach in an empty stadium, so boring. Yeah, so boring. <laughs> like so boring. <laughs> oh. for a man with so much personality, right? His playing style has none. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, like he makes me want to go to sleep every time I want to watch him. Yeah. I'm just like, but it works. Oh. You know, I can't argue it until Atletico is always overachieved. They've never, honestly, should have never won the league compared to the teams Barca and Real Madrid. Oh, for and sure. And has pulled it out a couple times. Yeah, I agree on that. Yeah. But, hey, they're top of the league. Yeah. They're only three points ahead of Madrid, and the Madrid derby is this weekend. So, prediction Predictions? prediction to Thursday, definitely inbound. But, <laughs> yeah, we're moving on. Uh, Real Madrid versus Real Sociedad tying 1-1. Once again, Real Madrid, I don't understand. Look, Real Madrid took 20 shots. They had three shots on target the entire game. Yeah. They had 60% possession, and their lone goal came in the 89th minute to by Vinicius Jr. Who hardly ever scores. Who Yeah, who <laughs> hardly never scores. Most of the shots that they had came from their midfield. Casemiro, yeah. Modric, Cruz, they were yeah. the ones taking the shots. I don't understand their over-reliance on Kareem Benzema so much in this you know, the way Zidane has his lineup, they rely on Benzema so much, it is literally insane. Right. And I don't understand. You have all this talent. You have Rodrigo, Vinicius, you have um, all these young players, and you're just, I don't understand how they can't score. Well, I mean, all like the players you name, hell of playmakers and very good dribblers and everything, but they don't really have a good number nine option outside of Benzema. They're not whatsoever. killers in the box. Mariano Diaz, not at yeah. all. I don't even know what Jovic is doing. If he's hurt, or is he got he loaned went, out. He got loaned out to, to loaned Frankfurt out again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, going back to Frankfurt. I remember yeah. Milan were about to buy him, and I'm pretty happy they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like he had a starting three of Mariano Diaz, Asensio, and Isco up top. Right. Like it's not really sounding like they're going to score much. I mean, but at the end of the day, how many shots you said they had on target? Twenty. Yeah, three. Three. Oh, three. three. They had twenty shots. Twenty shots, three, but on, three target. on target. Yeah. I mean, you put that much pressure on a team. I mean, the on target is pretty low. If you're going to tie, 
and go out like that. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you're going to keep winning games if you keep playing like that. Right. They just need Ben Sema back and definitely need to start looking at a good number nine option because I feel like every other spot in that team is filled except that. Right. And, and you know, Madrid were far superior in terms of build-up play and, and what their midfield was doing, you know. Um, but, yeah, they just don't have a, a true number nine. They just don't have a goal scorer. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, when you have to rely on, it's a shame Benzema's hurt and he's out. When you have to, you have to have another option instead of Mariano and Vinicius, you know, if you yeah. want to really win games. And they just don't have that right now. And, you know, it's a shame that all the midfielders took, haven't taken all the shots because they have no one up there to, to, yeah. to create a, you know, to create an opportunity to get inside the box for, you know. And a lot of the times you just see him go out, out wide and plays play some balls in for a header, but Vinicius is in the player that's gonna yeah. have one of those. <laughs> Neither is Mariano, you know. Benzema, yeah, okay, maybe a few times, but they don't and have Zeno's Ronaldo. More of a playmaking striker, if anything, as well. Yeah, you know what I mean, he's not really a pure number nine goal scorer. He scores, but right. he's a playmaker. One hundred percent, yeah. And it's like they don't have Ronaldo anymore. You can't just be feeding balls in the box and just exactly. hope that someone Fingers gets crossed. in the back. Yeah, and you know, neither is Hazard. You know, when he's fit, you know, they need to need to figure out how to create some 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 more chances or better opportunities yeah. when the big guys are out. So. That didn't make any sense to me with Hazard. You get your dream transfer of playing for your favorite club. And you would think you'd spend that off-season really grinding and working, and the first thing you do is get, what, 40 pounds overweight? Right. It made no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I don't you know. know. <laughs> I think you're looking a little too tight on the <laughs> It was looking huge. I thought the pictures were photoshopped when I saw them. It made no right. sense. Yeah, he looked Even big. Since then. He looked big, big. Underwhelming transfer. Right. Yeah, I, but, they wasted, that was just another waste of money. Like solid. I mean, but, uh, Real Madrid right now is a result of COVID. That's, right. From what I was seeing, they were trying to get Mbappe and Holland at the same time to really boost, make another super team once again. And because they weren't getting any profits, they ended that. Now we'll see, you know, if things turn around, if the world ever does recover. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> if uh, that happens again. But I think Mbappe to Madrid is destiny and will happen eventually. It's right. not a matter of if, it's when. And the big question is, where's Holland going to go when he Oof, does go? Holland. I think every Milan fan's dream right now is, you know, us making a big upswing. And when it's time... We replace Ebro with him. There you go. I mean, that would be, not going to lie, I would be all down for that. Yeah, especially with Milan playing better, but still, I think Milan still has a couple more prove-it years before they can make a transfer right. like that. We'll see, but I think it's just a pipe dream at the moment. Yeah, one of the things, too, that I was, uh, I think Mino Raiola said, you know, who's his agent, was talking about how there's a te- how there's 10 clubs out there that can afford him, right? And just to go away from this for a second, there's a bunch of talk of, of, um, what was it? Oh, PSG, you know, rumors, PSG wanting to, to get Messi, right? Yeah. And it's like, Messi has maybe a year or two left of him, you know, yeah. in a, at a high level. That's Why don't PSG you, needs. yeah, don't focus on Messi, <laughs> yeah. focus on Holland so you can power that PSG team with Mbappe and Holland. Imagine that, you know. Even if Neymar's still there, yeah. Neymar has, has shown that he can play the attack in mid role very well. Right. And is honestly like, been the engine of that team when he's there. Yeah. Imagine having a strike for a Holland and Mbappe. That'd be overkill for League One. It'd just be a matter of all-out mm-hmm. Champions League. And even but honestly, PSG doesn't really need another star player. What PSG needs is to fill the holes in their midfield and their defense. They have a bunch of average players filling in gaps. And even and, if Neymar isn't there anymore, you know, if Neymar decides to leave or whatever, yeah. loan him off, you know, you can see that Mbappe, at least in 
the big game like how it was against Barca, he can lead that team. Yeah. And imagine, you know, Icardi's not there anymore, and it's Mbappe and Haaland, you know. Yeah. And they fill that right side with Moise Keane or whoever, whoever you know. Yeah. That was the World be... Cup, I don't think Mbappe's a big game. <laughs> was a question, that man. That man tore. Generational talent. Yeah, 100%, that, absolutely. Yeah. And him and Haaland, and I think we're just going to we're gonna start seeing more of that soon. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah. I still I think the question still on Haaland. Well, I think he's amazing and is really be, probably the best number nine prospect without a doubt. If something if he didn't live up to all that, I wouldn't be that surprised. I'm kind of fifty fifty on it. And Bobby, I think is going to go down as one of the greatest ever. Let's see how it pans out. Yeah, we'll see how it pans out. You know, <laughs> you know, him might be maybe going to Madrid this summer. We'll see how Madrid handles that stuff and how they handle the league. Yeah, we'll see so, in the summer. That, yeah, <laughs> in the summer. We're going to have a fun time this summer. Okay. Fun time. All right, that's it for the games this week. Now on to our predictions. 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 Right. So the first game is tomorrow. Barcelona versus Sevilla. Barcelona's down 2-0 aggregate. But we did beat them this weekend 2-0. And we're at home. Uh, Sevilla, so this is the second time Barcelona is facing Sevilla in four days, and the third time they're facing them this entire month. Wow. So, yeah. I think uh, Barcelona wins the game, but I think they lose on aggregate. So, guess the scoreline. They're going. So, 2-1? Probably 2-1. 2 say one, either 1-0, one, Sevilla just sits back and defends, or if it actually becomes a game, it'd probably be around 2-1. I agree. Um, I say... Komen is going to probably, in my opinion, I think Komen is going to have the similar lineup to how he had it in the weekend. Um, obviously, Pedri's injured, so he's going to have to replace him. Um, uh, Rojo's injured, so he's probably not going to get the start. But I think he's going to play similar to how he's going to play in the weekend. And I think it's going to be two, another 2-0 two scoreline, and Barcelona will win it in <laughs> overtime. <laughs> in overtime. <laughs> 3-0. Three 3-0 no Barca. 3-0. Get out of my head, bro. That's, <laughs> I don't know, man. Last time my team was up 2-0 on Barca, it didn't work out so well. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember celebrating. My dad's a Barca fan. Um, well, my biological father's an Inter fan. Still in contact with him. And then my stepdad raised my whole life. Little backstory. <laughs> He's the Barca fan. So I remember when that happened, we were up 2-0. And that Milan team was <laughs> not the greatest yeah. whatsoever. Sully Mentari starting. I'll leave Mentari, it at that. Neon starting. Yeah. It was a messy team. We were up to nothing, and that was when Barca was Barca. Right. You know, 2013 Barca was still messy. Right at, that was a year right after he scored, what, 91 goals in the calendar mm-hmm. year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I was just talking endless amounts of trash. Came home to watch the game. Went right back upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the year that he wasn't, fully, he wasn't fully fit either. Yeah. For that game. The crazy part, if Neon doesn't miss his wide open sitters, we oh, can go yeah. through. But yeah. Thank God for Neon, bro. Yeah, Neon. Yeah. Neon, <laughs> gotta love it. Chris, give me a scoreline for this game. Oh, you suck, man. I was gonna go for it. A, a, we can have the same um, scoreline if you want to. 3 0 in regular time or 2 and then we'll go to extra time? I was gonna say 2 extra. Screw you. I'm gonna go 2 0 in, in the first 90 minutes. And I'm gonna say it goes the PKs. Barca wins in PKs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it could be 1 1 in. Um, in overtime, you know? Yeah. That would still leave in the PKs. Yeah, I mean, you never know. So the next game is the other uh, Copa del Rey game, which is Levante versus Athletic Bilbao. Um, obviously, Levante has the away goal. Yes. So it's 1-1 on aggregate. I think Bilbao is just the better team. I think right. they're just going to pull it. They're at, you know, even though, yes, they're out of way, I think they're going to pull it off. I think it's going to be comfortable win. I say 2-0. Yeah, I'm going to go 
Yeah, even even in the first leg, you know, Atletico was unlucky. Atletico Bilbao was unlucky with uh, not being able to put a second one. They just they kept attacking and they were kept in close, but you know, weren't able to produce anything. But I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna go with uh, with the one 0 Bilbao win. Okay, I see it. I'm gonna pass on this prediction. I really have not watched a Bilbao game or a <laughs> game, and I can't say when the last time I did, so I don't want to just yeah, make to be honest, a prediction. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. To be honest, but, it was like a. They're not really. From what I know, just Bilbao having Inaki Williams and some other very talented players. I'm gonna just go with the Bilbao winning. But yep, I feel on that. I feel on that. But <laughs> the biggest game that's probably gonna happen this week is on Thursday with Liverpool versus Chelsea. I'm gonna give you some stats. Go so ahead. Liverpool has won the last four times versus Chelsea. They've mm-hmm. the last four meetings they faced Chelsea. Liverpool has won. Chelsea have lost the last two games away. At Liverpool. However, we obviously know Liverpool has the four game, four straight, the four losses in a row at home. So, what I say is, I think it's going to be sort of, I think it's going to be back and forth. I think it's going to be 50-50 possession, sort of like a Man United game. Man United versus Chelsea. I think it's sort of going to be like that. But I think there's actually going to be school scoring in this because I don't think, um, I think Liverpool is probably going to get one on the counter. Or PK or something like that. So I'm going to say Liverpool breaks their losing streak at no home. Way. And they're going to win 2-1. No to one. Come on, boys. Come on, Liverpool. Pull, you know, the, pull up the upset. I'm going to say something similar. I'm saying, you know, it seems obvious Chelsea's on the up. Liverpool's trending down. Seems like, uh, and they're both pretty evenly matched teams. So it seems like the obvious answer would be Chelsea. But I honestly think, like you said, Liverpool turns it around. And I say it's more of a thrashing. I think it should be 3-1. I think they put all the guns on the table. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris, give, give us some. Give me your... All right, yeah. Liverpool beat Sheffield, who's in last like, place. <laughs> 2-0 <laughs> off of a Curtis hey. Jones goal and an own goal. I... Hey, 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 okay. Yeah. Chelsea, obviously, you know, we've discussed it a lot. Have trouble going forward. But, I mean, <laughs> if there's a time to beat Liverpool, it's now with all the defensive errors in their back line. That's, in, that's not in great form. I'm going to go with a... 2-0 win for Chelsea. Okay, 2-0. That's what I'm going to go for. Ooh. I feel like that was probably the most obvious answer. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably the most obvious answer. Completely out of left field. I think mine was the most. I just really see, I don't know, maybe I'm just so used to seeing Klopp dominate and do well that seeing this just doesn't feel right. And I, I think that if they're going to turn it around, right. you know, I think they'll go out in a bang and... And that's the cool thing about, you know, yeah. soccer, football, whatever you want to call you it. Know. You never know. You know, um, it's all about that given day. One team can look better on paper than the other. And it's just about who gives it on that pitch. So I was going to look at Serie A predictions. There's nothing. The most interesting oh, game awful. is I'll swallow in Napoli. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> watching them. Bro. I was watching I was like, what do I put down? I was like, I'm going to just leave that one. Uh, yeah. I was Wait, the weekend, for I think for Thursday, Thursday's episode, we'll have a, a lot better games. Yeah, we're going to have a lot predict. better. We're going to have a lot of good games that's going to come up. On the weekend. Yes, sir. The Manchester Derby is on the weekend. Yes, sir. Who is going to be good? Madrid but Derby, boy. The Madrid Derby. The, the, <laughs> there's a lot of derbies. There's a lot of good football going on. And I'm hype about it. <laughs> and I love it. And that is but the episode. Saturday. Before we end. March. Before we end. Before we end. <laughs> Lazio Juventus. Oi, that's oi. Who we got? Lazio Juventus on Saturday. All right. So Lazio. Uh, I don't know. Juventus is playing so inconsistent. And I'm excited. The- talk about it Thursday. Yeah, we're talking about Thursday. Oh, I heard that. Let's do it. Yeah. We're talking about talk Thursday. About Thursday. Oh, the teaser. Give me a little tease. I will not be here on Thursday. I work the whole day. Oh, <laughs> but I'll go ahead and put in my early prediction. 
Go ahead. Juventus skates by like a one nothing win because that's what Juventus does. <laughs> <laughs> Who scores? Chiesa. <laughs> I mean, the easy answer is Ronaldo, right? Twenty ga- goals in twenty one games, but Morata maybe pulls one. Morata, pulls one okay. out. Yeah. Cool. We'll see. I see. Well, that is the end of this episode, Pablo. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for much. your insight. It was a lovely conversation. I think 100%. this was probably one of the best episodes we've probably ever had. And your insight on the Serie A definitely just gave a completely different aspect. Because we obviously, we know a little bit of Serie but you're definitely it's just... nice to have it in the house, you know, Serie A, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, love, I love Milan, but I love Italian football, you know, as a whole. So I like to keep it with everybody. And, you know, maybe one day the Seven Sisters as a whole will be back. That's all I'm hoping. There you go. That's all we're hoping. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, obviously, we're the La Liga dude, so. <laughs> we, we know. Are y'all both Barca fans? We're both Barca fans. He covered me, so. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Nah, I'm just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Christian, any final words you have to say for the people of this episode? Aaron, always a pleasure. Pablo, glad you're here with us, bro. Thank you. And, you know, as always, KTP, baby. KTP, baby. KTP, all right. baby. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> love it. Wait, well, that's the episode. We love y'all. Stay safe and peace. Cheers.